listening to The Regular Show with your host, Greg Boyer. What's up, guys? This is episode 73 of The Gregular Show. I'm your host, Greg Boyer, and today with me, I have a very special guest returning for the second time, and we're going to be talking about the Nintendo 64 and our favorite games from that console. Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Uh, this is an episode that I've wanted to do for a very long time, and I am really excited to, uh, to list these games. Um... You know, the Nintendo 64 came out in, what, 1995, 96? Uh, in Japan, 95, 96 in the United States. And there weren't really that many games. Um, not compared to, like, the PlayStation. Um, but the games that did come out were some quality, quality games. And the load times were great. They were fast, like, quick. Yeah, you could walk into a room and then it would, like, cut to black and then immediately walk into the place and that was because um the cartridges uh worked a lot better than the discs but unfortunately the future went to discs and the cartridge based games were uh taken out because there was only so much data you could put on a cartridge but the greg heads probably don't give a shit about that they just want to hear about the fun stuff um jimmy how old were you when you got your hands on a nintendo 64 I would say, Greg, I was probably seven or eight when it came out. Um, actually, my first console I had was a Sega Genesis. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Um, what was your favorite game on that? I, I loved uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, NBA Jam. Oh, my God, yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. Um, Sonic 2, that was my go-to. On the Genesis. I love that game. Echo the Dolphin. Could never get past the first level. But, uh, yeah, do you remember what the first game you played on the N64 was? Um, I, I think the first game I got was Mario Kart. I think I, it came with the game. I got I got it for Christmas. It was like one of those holiday packages where oh, you get like, yeah. the game. It had the two controllers that came with it. The, I, like, I, gray? I had a... Uh, I had two gray controllers. I had the, the black console, uh, two gray controllers, um, but it was good. It was like, and, and like games back then, like you played the shit out of the games. Yeah. You, you could still play it over and over again. You never got tired of it. No. That, and was, that was the best part. Like, it is weird how replayable those games were back in the day. Where like a game today, I'll drop 60 bucks on it. I'll play it one time and be like, eh, play it never again. Like. I don't know. Um, but those games were addictive as shit. I remember, like, trying to stay home from school just to play the Nintendo 64. Because I didn't want to go to school. I'd be like, nah, fuck it. I'll uh, cough or something. And what made it great as the N64 is that you could have four people, which was, like... Revolution. Revolutionary. It was the start of, like, the console generation where you could put four people on the same TV and play at the same time, which was... Unheard of. Unheard of. Slumber parties would never be the same. <laughs> like, I remember having my friends come over. 
Um, you know, and the family too. You just play with your dad, your mom. Like this was a console that everybody could pick up a controller and figure out the game. Um, my parents would kick my ass at uh, Mario Kart and stuff like that. It was great. Um, oh, damn, yeah. Like I, I feel like really nostalgic on this one. Um, my first Nintendo 64 experience. I was five years old. It was my birthday, and like I was a dumb fucking kid. Uh, I opened up the Super Mario 64 first, and I thought it was a VHS tape. I was like, "Fucking the movie? No way, man!" And my parents were like, "No, idiot! Open up the uh, <laughs> open up the bigger box." And I was like, "Okay, wicked!" And I uh, opened up the bigger box, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, like the kid from the Christmas with the uh, meme video there. Uh, and I was like, it's a Nintendo 64, Jesus Christ. And uh, it was great. Um, so that was my fifth birthday. And I played Super Mario 64 like pretty much all the fucking time. Uh, it was a difficult game because I was five. But um, that was some of the most fun I ever had. And then uh, we ended up getting some more games like at you know Christmas and time and time on. And... Um, they ended up stopping production of games in, what, 2001, I think? Yeah, because um, I had the um, the GameCube was the next one after the uh, Nintendo 64, so they decided, oh, let's go do the GameCube, and that actually was successful for a little bit, and then, what, they moved on to the Wii after that, and, yeah. and so forth and so forth. The Wii, I feel like, was one of their weaker consoles, um, just compared to like the Switch and the GameCube and the Nintendo 64 even. I didn't really have as much fun on the Wii than I did with the other console games. But, um, yeah, you know, speaking of not having fun, uh, not every game that Nintendo produced from 1995 till 2001 was a knock-out-of-the-park home run. Uh, in fact, there were some shit games that were made, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jimmy, what, what were, in your opinion, were some dishonorable mentions? Uh... So everyone knows that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was like one of the best like action sports games of all time, and it originally came out on Nintendo sixty four. Um, well, there, there's a there used to be a, like a toy back in the day called the Razor Scooter. Well, they made a game called the Razor Freestyle Scooter, and it's it's complete shit. Oh no! It's, it's like riding. You're, it's, instead of a skateboard, it's a scooter, and it, it looks like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, but it's like low quality uh, crap. Yeah, this is Razor Freestyle Scooter. Uh, oh my God, there it is! Look at that! Like, look at the cover art for that. Like they, they, the cover it looks like they stole Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and then stuck a, a kid on a Razor right. Scooter. That looks like he's scared because he's gonna fall. He he is terrified for his life. Yeah, and this was Crave Entertainment. I feel like they put out some other shit, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Good Lord! Yeah, this came out right at the tail end of two thousand. So like, did it? Did they have music or anything like that? Or I think they did, but it was like, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater had like the like the good artists where you can. I, I think this one had like, like th the third world artists that like didn't really exist. <laughs> I don't think you can find their music anymore. Like DJ Blip Blap or some <laughs> something bullshit. like that. And they piece stuff together to make it sound like it was like skateboard music. All right. Oh my god. That is that sounds terrible. Yeah, I I was fortunate enough to never have to come across this game. I think I rented it once, 
at the at like Blockbuster or like Hollywood Video, and I like I returned it the next day. Oh, it, was, it was that bad, and I demanded my money back. You returned it early. I did. I'm yeah. Like, I, I'm, I can take the five days. I'm gonna return it back the next day because it sucked. Yeah. That's funny as fuck, man. I um. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to never have to deal with that game. But uh, tell me, what um, what was another... Do you have any other dishonorable mentions? I do. I have a couple. Um, I didn't like 1080 snowboarding. Really? Yeah. Um, I sucked at the game so bad. I hated the controls to do like the tricks on it. And it was just like hard to do the tricks. Same like... Um, with uh, another game, uh, Nagano Olympic Games, uh, trying to play as the snowboarder because you had it like in like snowboarding games today, you can just press like buttons and then use the, the uh, joysticks to uh, do a trick. Well, this one you had to like pre-do the trick on on the uh, Nintendo 64, so you have to be like A B up down, and you have to do it all at the same time. Otherwise, you wouldn't do the trick. It'll just be like you just got air. Right, it doesn't recognize Right, it doesn't like, recognize. Um, I just didn't care for the game. Um, I don't own the game, so I don't really care for it. Um, but there is one game on this list that I, I, I think is probably the worst game they've ever made. Um, I've seen it on other lists, too. Um, it's uh, Superman. Yes. I, I think Superman is the It's like a game they should not have made at all and this um is a game that i will also talk about uh in a moment but what's your take on it jimmy i only play like once or twice but i just think it's the the plot sucks the the controls are funky it doesn't really flow like other games do and i just complete i just think it's complete shit yes Yes, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those cartridges where you take it outside and you smash it to pieces. That that that's what that's what that's for. Yeah, dude, no kidding. Um, was that the last of your dishonorable mentions? Uh, one more. Uh, I I didn't really care for uh, Star Wars uh, pod racing. Oh, Episode One Racer. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really care for that. It's like, if if I wanted to play like a you know a racing game, there's plenty of racing games to pick from. Um, I yeah, just, there it is. It just like it's Star Wars Episode One Racer. Like, you, I think they, I think they only just made it so they could like collect um, the royalties from the game, just because it's Star Wars. This is, right, sell some I, merchandise. Right, right. And I think they even tried to like remake it for like the Switch. They did Burning about it. Uh, I mean, it's just the same exact game. Yeah, this sold three million copies. Jesus Christ. Well. Uh, they want to sell episode one because uh, it was the remake, it was the prequels and all that stuff. But that's a whole different topic to talk about. Oh God, yeah. I I remember this game. We bought it and we played it a little bit. But out out of the all the racing games, it was the least fun. I had more fun playing Diddy Kong Racing and Mario Kart. Um, yeah, dude. No, I'm glad you brought that one up because uh, I don't have it on my list, but. Um, speaking of dishonorable mentions, Superman 64. Uh, I actually made a YouTube video on how much I hate this game. And of course, the angry video game nerd made two videos on this video, uh, or on this game, and it was great. Um, this game, 
I rented it when I was like eight, eight or nine. I was like, oh man, Superman, that's one I haven't played yet. That's got to be cool. He's Superman. Like, you can do, do anything. Um, apparently, all you can do is fly through rings in this guy, but you can't, like, you can't guide him because he doesn't follow the controls. You can turn him in any direction, he won't go. He basically fights you the whole time, and then, um, that's really it. All you do is punch people and breathe like fire or ice, and then you fly through more rings. Um, and there's one level where right after you fly through the rings, you immediately have to save a car or save a guy from getting hit by a car. Like, it, none of it makes any sense. Um, so I think I'd agree with you uh, by saying that's the worst game ever made. Um, I will play literally any other game before I'll play that one again. Um, and then my other dishonorable mention, and I don't know, maybe people like this, maybe they don't. Uh, do you remember Hey You Pikachu? Uh, I, I think I've heard of it. I, I've never played it. Um, I, I think in that mind, I kinda, it, it kind of falls in the same category as like Pokemon Snap, where you just take pictures of Pokemon, which I think is kind of right. pointless. But. That was a fun game. Like, I got my fun out of Pokemon Snap. But with Hey You Pikachu, basically, um, like this is the box art. It came along with this built-in microphone attachment. Oh, yeah, it, I remember that thing. It was like a that little like ball, that yellow ball. Yeah. You could talk to Pikachu. And you would have to be, you like, in the commercial, they're like, Pikachu, do my homework. Pikachu, do my chores. And, like, Pikachu would do the homework and the chores. And I was like, fuck, man, that would be great. If I could get some, if I could get my hands on that, like, shit, you know? That would solve a lot of problems. So with this, um... It gives you basically like three options. You play a couple mini games, but you can only play them for like two minutes. And every day you start out your day and you're like, hey Pikachu, what are we going to do today? We can go fishing. We can go collect shit to make a stew or something. And you basically have to talk um, through this microphone and say, hey Pikachu, hey Pikachu. And half the time he doesn't listen to you. It's like having a real fucking kid. And you're like, yo, Pikachu. Go in that bush. Hey, Pikachu, go in that cave. Hey, Pikachu, fuck off. And he never listens. And you have to speak, like, crystal clear. You can't have anything else going on. You can't have the radio playing. And the game is just... A, it's a piece of shit. Um, so that's why Hey You, Pikachu, and Superman 64 are on my dishonorable mention list. Um, absolute wastes of money. I, I kind of wonder, like... Did they actually think it through when they made the game? Or did it just kind of like, we're just going like to make it because it's Pokemon. Like, we'll, we'll just make the game. Right. It was another, you know, licensing. Hey, kids recognize this word. Let's uh, make some money. And they sure did. They made some money from me. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm fortunate that... Uh, I'm fortunate that, you know, we don't have to worry about these new garbage games anymore. Um, but on to the bright side. Uh, Jimmy, I'll have you do your five honorable mentions, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, so starting at number uh, 15, um, this was kind of a tough one because I kind of got to make a decision on it, but um, I picked uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I played it a couple times. I rented it a couple times. It was a fun game, fun little racing game. It it was a little. It's different. It's it's uh, you know, Diddy Kong and his friends, and they have like little airplanes and little go karts and stuff, and they race through the jungle. It was a fun. It was a fun game. Um, Who was your favorite character to race on that? It's been a while since I played that game, so. Um, I usually just play as, play as Diddy Kong. Um, sure. I didn't really know too many of the other characters. Um, I never played Donkey Kong, so... Um, I liked Banjo. Banjo and the Conquer. Uh, yeah, it was a fun game. Uh, 14 um, would be uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the original. Uh, when that came out, I was like mind-blown because it was like skateboarding. It was Tony Hawk, Bob Burnquist, Bucky Lassick. Steve Caballero, um, they were like the um, they're like the like the Tom Brady and like uh, Peyton Manning of uh, skateboarding. Of skateboarding. Especially when you could do like the Tony Hawk signature move, the nine hundred. Oh yeah. Even though the graphics like were like complete shit, and you couldn't see Tony Hawk's face. No. Um, it was. So much fun. The soundtrack was amazing. It still is. Um, Superman, man, by right? Goldfinger. Um, actually, if, if you have a PlayStation or a Xbox now, you can get Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater One and Two remastered, and it actually looks incredible. They remastered the soundtrack. Uh, everything looks like fresh. The graphics are insane. Uh, if you haven't played it, check it out because it's, it's a great game to play. Um, I still play it. I mean, it's it's so much fun. I play it at least once a week. I uh, played the multiplayer. I'm uh, top like 650 in the world on one level, um, the hangar in Mole Falls. Yeah, on uh, Tony Hawk too. But uh, I'll talk about that one a little bit. That's fun. Uh, Thirteen would be uh, Pokemon Stadium. Um, that was a yes. fun game. Uh, value friends and use Pokemon as like. Uh, Sometimes I'll come as weapons, and and they'll pretty much beat the crap out of each other until they faint. And just just like in uh, red and blue version, and all the other versions, and you could uh, you could actually take your Pokemon from like your games and actually put them in Pokemon Stadium, which I was the cool part. Yeah, yeah, with the link cable. Um, and it was nice seeing it on a, like a TV, seeing right. the battles uh, in 3D, and uh, the mini games were fun too. They used to have those little mini games and you'd compete with your friends. Um, you could have what, up to like four people play those mini games. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, number 12, uh, Mario Tennis. Um, I, I, I own Mario Tennis. It was a fun game. Uh, you could do singles, doubles, play on grass, clay. Um, uh, my favorite was standing at the net and smashing the balls <laughs> across. And if you got into the star circle and smash it, it would do like a. A multi-view uh, smash hit when he did it. Um, playing playing singles and doubles, and then you play like on expert and play like sets, and it, it, gets, it, gets, it gets taxing after a while. But it was a fun game. You could play in uh, Bowser's castle, and you could play play with items. So you can you could have star power. You could have the mushroom. You have the lightning bolt. Um, you could play as Peach's castle. Um, my favorite character to play as, I usually played as Luigi or Waluigi. Yeah, you know, this is his first game. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game. All right, uh, number 11 uh, would be uh, NFL Blitz. Oh, yeah. 
It didn't quite make the top. I, I didn't really have too many sports uh, games that made the top ten, but NFL Blitz was very close to that. Um, I played it a couple times. Uh, my friends had it. Um, it was like the first like football game where you could play, and I still think NFL Blitz is like one of those really good games that like could compete with Madden. I, I think I think it's about that same level. As Madden, maybe it was a little slightly blow, but it was fun. Like I think they should like remake NFL Blitz. Hell yeah, man! That today, like the Nintendo generation of us gamers would flock to that shit. Because um, these guys were midway. They did uh, NBA Jam. NBA Jam. Yep. And uh, this was the company that did all the Mortal Kombat games and everything else. And like these guys were freaking revolutionary. Um, hell yeah, man! That was that was back in the day. God, was that the original NFL Blitz? Because I know they made like three of them. Uh, the original one. Yep. That came out in nineteen ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Good lord. Ninety-eight for those consoles, but in I, the was, I was eight when it came out. That's crazy. Because I know they had the Madden games and stuff like that before, but like, what a what a way to play. Um. So that was the five honorable mentions. Yep. Very good. Um, my number 15 is Glover. Did you ever play Glover? Um, I, I've heard of it. Um, I, I have, I've played, I've played as actually one of the, uh, Glover and, um, Super Smash Brothers, the, uh, for the, for the Switch. You, oh. you, you can play as one of them, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this was Glover, and it's, it was made by Hasbro Interactive, of all, of all companies. Um, this game... I wanted it when I was a kid. I saw a commercial, and you're basically just a glove that like rolls on a ball, and your op like your goal. It's it's like a platformer type game, like a Super Mario or something like that, where um, you have to go through these different worlds and like there's a bunch of different uh, balls. You have a crystal ball, which if you smash that, it breaks. But um, the game was challenging. Uh, it was like a puzzle game and. Basically, um, I don't you, like there was so much you could do with it, uh, and that that I got that for Christmas of nineteen ninety nine. God, that was a great game, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that one. Um, Fourteen Mario Party, Mario Party I got uh, shortly after my fifth birthday. Um, my dad took me to Toys R Us, and he's like, all right, uh, what what do you want to get? And I, was, and I was, like, looking at all these games. And, like, as a kid, I was kind of wishy-washy. I didn't really know what I wanted. Um, I didn't understand the concept of money, but I was, like, looking at all these cool... Because, like, the art. Remember the, the pictures on the boxes of the video games? That's what captured you. And I'd, like, look at all these, and I'd be like, oh, wrestling, yeah, that looks like... He's like, yeah, what about Mario Party? That sounds like fun. I was like... Yeah, you know what? Mario Party. Okay, we'll, we'll play Mario Party. And um, Mario Party was great. It was, you know, a fun party game, that fun for the whole family. Uh, there was like a hundred different mini games, so nothing ever really got old. And they were all challenging enough that, like, you had to play these games over and over again to get really good at them. But anybody could pick up and play Mario Party, and anybody had a chance to win. Um, and you go around these little maps, and... Uh, you can fuck each other over by stealing stars and getting Bowser involved. and It was just a lot of fun, and the music was great. Um, 
So that you know that was a game that provided hours of fun. Yeah, Greg, you could uh, you could make somebody's night or you could ruin somebody's night. And That's true. You could uh, like I, my brother and I would play that game so many times, and like I would steal his stars, and he'd get so pissed off, or I'd get pissed off, and I would not talk to him talk to him the next day. Because you work hard for those stars. <laughs> Especially when like the winner gets to face Bowser, yeah. And and if you wanted, I, I would like like I would make it. If I got if I was in a pissed off mood and I was losing bad, I would turn off the game. Oh I my would, god! I would turn off the game. I'll get that pissed off because I I didn't win. Dude, that was me. That was me as a kid. I would get pissed <laughs> off. <somebody. laughs> yeah, that was me with the PlayStation too. If I was like playing against my friends and like they were just being bullshit or Brendan even. God, yeah, you had to. Sometimes you had to do it. Of course, today I can't do that. I'll just, like, restart something, like, I don't know if I'm playing football. But uh, not not against anybody, just by myself. Um, my number 13 is Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. Do you, do you ever play that one? Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of that game. So Conqueror is basically a squirrel, and he was introduced, I believe, in the Banjo-Kazooie game or the Diddy Kong Racing game, whichever one came first. And... He's this cute little squirrel, you know. You, you wouldn't expect anything funny to come out of him. But um, this game is one of the most crass, crude games I've ever played in my life. Uh, and it came out for the N64. Um, of course, it came out like right at the tail end of the uh, Nintendo 64 development saga. It came out in March of 2001. And Rare made it. Um, you'll know Rare from GoldenEye007. The Donkey Kong 64 game, um, Banjo-Kazooie. And this game was funny as shit. Like, it was a comedy-style game, but you had your action and a lot, a lot of graphic, you know, bones sticking out of characters and blood and shit. Uh, sexual overtones, um, all kinds of things. And a lot of movie parodies, like there was a Matrix level, um... There was a level where, like, you were a bee and you literally had to fuck a flower. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, this shit was the weirdest fucking game, but it was fun. And it had a great multiplayer. I used to spend hours uh, playing with Brandon and my other friends. Uh, my friend Jeff, um, he would come over. And there was one time where we were uh, playing this level where you're tanks and you're driving tanks. And you have to, like, get into these bunkers and shoot each other and shit. Um, and if you can't make it into the bunker in time, you just get gassed out. And at one point, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I made it to the bunker, haha! And the door closed literally right in my oh, face as I made God. it there. And that was one of the hardest times we ever laughed. But um, Conquer's bad for a day. They made a they made it for the Xbox. They ended up uh, remaking it, and I think you can find it on the uh, Xbox One store. But um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun memories there. Um, my number 12 is Yoshi's Story. Do you remember Yoshi's Story? I do. Um, I, ne I never I ne I never played it. I always saw it in like the uh, the, video, uh, the, um, like the movie store to go rent. But I never played it because it was like other games to play. But I, I have heard of it. Right? So Yoshi's Story was um, this like side-scrolling platform game. Basically, you're, you're Yoshi. And I think you had like five or six eggs or some shit and um you had to like just go across the map and there it was a bunch of puzzles and shit like that and the music was great i remember renting this back in 1999 um and just i don't know i could i could 
play through the entire game in one one sitting, and I was satisfied. Uh, the music was great. There was the, like the one theme song, and the Yoshi just goes like all, for ten hours, and it's funny as shit. But uh, it was like a relaxing game, almost like therapy for me as a kid. But um, just a real, real good vibes. I, I did enjoy that game a lot. Um, a lot of, a lot of fond memories with that game. Uh, and my number 11, rounding out in, you know, the fact that this didn't make my top 10 is a testament to how good the rest of these games are. Spider-Man. Did you ever play the uh, original Spider-Man game? Um, I did not, Greg. I think the earliest Spider-Man I played was on uh, the PS1. Okay. I, I never played the one on the Nintendo 64. Um, if it's the same one, uh, this uh, is the cover? Yeah, it's the same one. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, you gotta go and fight um, Venom and Rhino and Scorpion and Mysterio. And uh, at the end, Dr. Octopus gets merged with Carnage to create Monster Oc. Now, Brendan here, good friend of the show, Brendan, was a little child when I got this game for Christmas of 2002. And, um... He, he didn't care for the, the image of Monster Rock crawling towards you, looking like a giant terrifying monster. If anybody needs a reference for Monster Rock, go look him up on Google Images, uh, and you'll, you'll get it. But, you know, to me it was funny. It was, uh, it was comedy. And there was this special feature where you could um, go and like look at characters, like a gallery. And you could zoom in on the characters. So... I'd zoom in on Monster Rock coming towards you, and Brendan would, like, run out of the room or scream. And my mom would be like, yo, Greg, turn that shit off. Like, stop doing that. And I'd be like, okay, okay, it's off. And then I'd be like, Brendan, you're safe to come in. And then he'd come back in and it would still be on the TV. And <laughs> I, was, I was an asshole. But, you know, it was fun. It was a fun game. The uh, Probably the most fun Spider-Man game I had up to that until Spider-Man 2 came out for the PlayStation 2. But um, that that was, I think, the the thing that really got me into Spider Man, the character and everything like that, was that that game right there. But that that takes us uh, to our top ten list, Jimmy. So, uh, what was your number ten? Okay, well, before you I start the top ten list, um, just want to let the Greg Hates know out there is that um, all the ones I list on my top ten, um, I own nine of the ten on my list. So. Um, just, just to be uh, put that out there, so you know how because these games are all great. If you and the, pretty much, I'll say that the top five. If you had any of the top five games, you were uh, considered like a legend and like the coolest kid in the neighborhood. Yes, so, I have a hunch. Starting at number ten, uh, Greg talked about Mario Party for a little bit. Um, my number ten is Mario Party Two. Yes. Um, I, I thought it was that was a. Of, of the of the Mario Party games, I thought that was the best one of the bunch. Um, it had like when you went to the different worlds, it was actually a themed world. You go to the Wild West, you could go to like be a knight or something. Um, you could be a pirate. Halloween world. Halloween world. Um, you could go to Bowser's world. Um, what was your favorite one? Um, I like doing the. Uh, um, the pirate one or like the wild west yeah i like the space one and the halloween the one the space one was fun too 
And uh, I thought the mini games in that one were like maybe a little bit better. Yeah. They were a little more fun to play. Um, I like the bobsled one. That was fun. Oh yes. uh, the mine car race. The 2v2 ones were fun. And then the... Um, there the was like a couple games that like you didn't really want to play, like the crane game. No. Trying to pick up somebody. Um, or trying or being like the... It's like the one, one versus three. Yeah. And the person with the crane would like always win. And if, you had, if you're in like the like the the crane game and you're the person you have to like keep pressing like the buttons so you like they, they couldn't pick you up it was like the hardest one to like like not, the wiggling yeah the wiggling one that was the hardest one but it, it was a fun game like uh i'll, I'll if, if i had it if i turned the game on right now i'd play it it would be it's, it's a lot of fun the music was good the story was good um you could get you could get stars for being mini game champion collect the most coins um yeah it was a fun game do you remember the mini game where you have to jump up and hit a block and it's one or two, and you collect fruit and then it's a honeycomb like it's a oh, like yeah, beehive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that game, that one, and um, you ha you ha you want to get it like on like two or one so that the guy behind you would get hit stung by the bees. Yeah, dude, that was my favorite mini game of all time, and I could play that shit over and over again on repeat. Uh, just because, I don't know, there was something exciting about it. It was an exciting minigame. And, like, you're doing the math in your head. I'm like, all right, if I get one and the asshole behind me gets two, like, I can win. Um, but that was one where it's like, you never knew. You never knew uh, who's going to win that one. Or, or the one where um, they, you're on the, uh, the rolling balls and you're on the island and you got to, like, knock them off the island. Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. Um... The, oh yeah, there was one. There was one you could play. Um, I forget if it was. I think it might have been like uh, the four v four game, but it was like a, a coin game. So you you uh, it'd be like uh, Mario Kart, but with the um, like the boss battle with the um, little balloons in the back. You had to pop. Oh, balloon, pop the balloon. Pop yeah. the balloon, and you could collect coins because everyone's trying to scoop up coins in their cart. But you could pop them, and then they could take. You could take their coins. Yep. That was a fun one. God, those that brings back some memories. I think that was a special game. Yeah, this is one of those special ones you could get to like. Um, um, I think if, if if people, it was like, like at the end of the round, after everyone played the round, you could do it. They could do a special one that you could pick. Yeah. So that was a fun one. God, man, that takes me back. That was a great game. Um, that was ten. Mm -hmm. My number ten, uh, and this is. You know, this was a tough one because this was the second game I ever got, uh, or the third, uh, Mario Kart 64. Mario Kart 64, the second ever Mario Kart. Of course, the original came out on the uh, Super Nintendo. And this game was... I still play to this day. Like, anytime I see my parents, I'll be like, yo, Brennan, let's play some Mario Kart. Uh, and... You know, the great thing is is he's just as competitive as I am. And we'll usually go about 50-50. Um, we run the whole 16-level thing, and um, we'll come out pretty even. You know, it had a great uh, Grand Prix mode where you could win a trophy. and um, The levels were all cool. You know, you go to Donkey Kong's Jungle, Yoshi's Valley, uh, Bowser's Castle, um, all kinds of great places. And... There was always something fun. Of course, the blue shell was the worst item in the damn game. 
Uh, and there were a couple like shortcuts that you could take if you like knew how to manipulate the game, which some asshole had to learn it like 20 years ago and uh, ruined the damn multiplayer for us. But you know, there there were a lot of great memories I had. I was always a Mario. I'd always play as Mario. My mom would be uh, Toad. My dad would be uh, Yoshi usually, and Brennan would be whoever. But yeah, those were the days. Yeah, Greg, I remember playing those game, that game, and uh, every time I, I, you could hear the blue shell coming. Yeah. So if you if you were in first place, um, it's coming for you. So usually I like slow down my cart slow enough so that I, so that I fall into second so that it skips me and then I it gets hits you, you gotta think you gotta be smart about this. Yeah. The blue shells oh, see the blue shell in um, Mario Kart sixty four only target whoever's in first place. It would not target whoever's in second or third. Right. It, it, it skipped them. So if you knew how to play the game, if you're in first, um, you would not you would try to get yourself in the second so that the person in first would get hit and then you could keep going. Um, I, I think in the in the Switch version, um, in Mario Kart Eight, the shell hits whoever it wants to hit. It, it does not. It'll hit first place, but it also can hit second, or it can hit whoever on, on the road. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. Um, so that's like a little. I get me a little more cautious of what you have. Yeah. Yeah, that was a like those were so much fun, and that's the thing. Like you're saying, you can replay these games, and they don't right. get old. I, I used to call the blue shell the horny shell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, because yeah, it had the spikes all over it. Oh shit, that was that was the one I I would rather get shocked by lightning than struck by the blue shell. Um, that was my number ten, so that brings us to number nine. Number nine on my list um, is a uh, sports one. It was an action sports one. Uh, it would be Wave Race 64. Ooh, Wave Race 64. Wave Race 64 was the second game I ever got. Um, it was a fun one. You drove uh, Kawasaki jet skis. Um, you could make your own, like, you could have your custom character. You could do barrel rolls, backflips. Uh, I remember the first one you could do like the train mission follow that dolphin and you could do different like uh, races it could like there was one uh, one map where like you kept racing and uh, every every time you did a lap the water level would drop um, there was a lot of those like marine fortress harbor city um, you could play at night and it was it was like a four person race and your job was to go through rings to get build up speed. Uh, you had to go through buoys, and it was a lot of fun for that. Um, there was what you could like. There was also just like Mario Kart. There are ways to manipulate the game, and you could like get into secret areas where you can't get to, and like get past areas, stuff like that. Very cool. This game came out like right right at the launch of uh, the N sixty four. Um, right at the like Christmas of 1996. Uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, you play this a lot, like multiplayer and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did the the campaign on it. I was like, you play. Um, you can. There's like you can choose from like uh, you can play as. Uh, there's two girls to pick from, and there's two guys to pick from. You could rename them however you want them, and uh, when you set a record, um, you could put whatever name you want. It's a record. Now, Wave Race 64, you could also play that at when the time the game came out, you could also play in the arcade. Oh, yeah. It was available to play in the arcade. 
So it's and you could actually and when in the arcade version, you actually were on like a, a like a on the boat side, on the jet ski itself, yeah. which was cool. Dude, I remember that. I would I would sit on it just to like be like, hey, look at me, I'm sitting. On it. I wouldn't even play the damn game because it was just so much fun. That's like the uh, car ones. I loved the racing games at the arcade, but um, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was a frog when I was looking at it originally. Which which one did you like to play as? Um, I usually played as um the blue the blue uh, racer. Yeah, I would too. If I if I played this game, I I like that blue look of the blue guy. Um, pretty sweet. Yeah, I I always enjoy a good racing game. I feel like um. That's that's something that they really they nailed early on, and uh, I almost have more fun going back and playing these older games than I do playing some of the newer ones. Plus, like the soundtracks in all these games are all like good, even though like the bit quality is like low. Yeah, you can still go back and listen to it, and you can just if you like play a game, you and you you can you just the soundtrack just pops in your head, and you like know the song, the music that plays, which is nice to know. Yeah. It makes those games iconic. And and you don't forget. You don't forget stuff like no. that. Like, um, you know, speaking of, my number nine also has a great soundtrack. Uh, it's an also a sports game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Um, this one, I uh, our friend CJ had it, and uh, I'd go to his house. He had it on the PlayStation. And I'm like, man, this game's freaking great. I want to play it. And so we got it for the Nintendo. And uh, Gorilla Radio, I think, was like the main theme uh, by Rage Against the Machines. Now, I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. I was like, lights out, turn on the radio, or, you know, whatever. But um, <coughs> I think Bring the Noise was also on there with uh, Public Enemy and um, a bunch of different songs. Like, for me, like... The skateboarding was fun, but a lot of it I was like, yeah, you know, I want to listen to these songs today, so I just fucking put on Tony Hawk and, like, skate around just to listen to the music. Um, and, you know, you had all the same people, Kareem Campbell, Rune Glyphberg, Rodney Mullen, Alyssa Streeter, uh, all these people, and, um, like, I don't know, I just, I have so much nostalgia uh, when we found out that the remastered version was coming out, um, that was we bought that like first couple weeks it was out because we just loved that game so much. Um, but yeah, that was number nine. Number eight. Number eight for me is uh, cruising the world, uh, car racing game. You could actually play that in the um, arcade. Arcade too. Um, it had a um, a game that came with it you, you could also play there was also Cruise in the USA but I thought Cruise in the World was like so much fun um playing oh, on yeah. Hawaii um there was one uh you could go to like Stonehenge there was Egypt all the different cars you could play with um if you beat the game you could there was this, this one car that was like the fastest of them all it could go like I think it was like a hundred and 150 miles an hour. There was a car called the Kamikaze. Uh, there was a one. There was one that was a funny one. Uh, the Sardine Extreme. It was like a three-wheeled like truck cart. Oh, jeez. <laughs> go like, <laughs> like 100 and 
I don't know, 130 miles an hour, something like that. Um, you could drive a truck. Um, you could do a short cuts to take. Um, you could customize the color of the car, the engine. Uh, Africa, you could play in Africa. The music was good, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all these places. Yeah. Japan, Australia. New York City. They're, like, all real places. Florida was nice. You could do wheelies, backflips, uh, real uh, Dukes of Hazard style uh, racing. Oh, yeah. No, this was one that... This was at every arcade, man, in the damn country. I swear to God. You'd walk by, you know, like Pizza Huts and shit, like, everywhere. This game was everywhere. Um, and the, the N64 version ended up being the best received of all the ports. Um, hell yeah, man. Like I was saying, you know, with the Rave Racer, I would just freaking sit in the car to like, be like, woo, driving. It was a cool experience. Although I could never get the handling right. I'd always crash. Um, that was number nine or eight? Uh, eight. Number eight. My number eight is a game that I got Christmas of 2001. Um, and this was like at the peak of my James Bond fandom. Uh, I was obsessed with James Bond. So seven-year-old me or eight-year-old me absolutely adored this game when I got it. The World is Not Enough. Um, you know, James Bond, this movie came out in 1999. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, some say it was his best outing. I, I prefer GoldenEye myself, but um, the video game uh, was released, I think, in 2000 or 2001. This was so much fun. Um, you had your uh, single-player campaign, which basically follows the, uh, the movie, and you get a couple extra levels just you know to fill out the uh, story. But, yeah, it came out in October of 2000. The multiplayer, though, that's where the fun uh, starts. Um, levels were great. The graphics were really good for the time. Uh, and there was so much fun shit you could do. They had levels where, like, you could go on, um, like, a ski lift and f float around the map and shoot each other with rocket launchers and shit. And me and my dad, this was my dad's favorite. He didn't really like Goldeneye, which I was always like, eh, why do you not like Goldeneye? But... Um, he loved The World Is Not Enough, and that, we would all sit down and play that game for hours, uh, the boys, and it was, it was fun. It was I have played uh, The World Is Not Enough on, uh, I still have it, it's on, I have it on the um, PS1. Yeah, it doesn't have multiplayer on the PS1, does it? It doesn't have multiplayer, it just only has a campaign. But Damn. I know, well because the PS1 only had uh, two, two ports, ports. so it kind of... Took away from multiplayer experience, so right. it was still a fun game. Yeah, no, the camp. I think the single player campaign was much better on the uh, PlayStation, but that multiplayer mode, man, God, that that was some good stuff. Um, my dad always liked to play as the guy in the towel. He thought that was funny, and I was like, a, I loved James Bond. I I tried to play him when I could. Uh, those were always fun times. Number seven. Number seven. Uh, it is a, have a Star Wars game. Uh, it would be a Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Nice. Um, that was one of my favorite, uh, I think it's one of my favorite Star Wars games of all time. Um, oh, yeah. 
Um, X wing. It, it was you, you. You fly as a. Uh, you could fly as an X wing. Um, that was like the default uh, spaceship you could fly as. Um, when you loaded up the game, you went into the hangar. It was like a uh, rebel starship, and you could choose whatever ship you wanted to fly. You could fly the X wing, the Millennium Falcon. Um, you could fly a Y wing bomber. Um, you could fly a, a B wing. Um, you could. Uh, there was like, like cheats you could do um, to get like certain like ships like you could fly the TIE Interceptor which was a really badass it was the only empirical empirical, um, imperial uh, vehicle you could fly um, there was a if you typed in the word uh, uh, I think chicken as the cheat code you could use a uh, ATST and like kill Imperials and it was actually funny because when you shot them they like screamed they're like ah ah <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was a fun. Uh, you could play on different missions, different maps. I think you could play uh, Corellium, Solist. Um, you could play Moss Eisley. I think the first mission was uh, Moss Eisley. Um, there's also a mission you can do the Death Star Trench Run. Uh, you can even use uh, Luke's uh, T-16 Skyhopper and fly through the, uh, the uh, Beggar's Canyon. It was a fun game. Plus, like, you know, you could do the lasers, you could use the uh, your rockets, and uh, depending on what difficulty you play that, um, uh, it could be a challenge. And, like, the the AI was actually very good at uh, targeting you. So you had, like, fly, you had to fly and then um, dodge their rockets. And, like, uh, you didn't really have any, like, warning. It was, like, you get shot and you die. Oh, no. And, um... You would have a the time limit on your mission. You you get medals based on how well you did. So you had to destroy targets in a certain amount of time, and you only had a certain amount of lives to do it. And there was like when you did the Death Star trench run, you had to fly low and you had to fly fast, otherwise you're not going to get your and destroy the towers. And then Vader comes with his um, Tie Fighter. You got to like destroy everything before you, he gets to you. Oh, nice. That's pretty sweet. Would you say that this is like the spiritual precursor to uh, Star Wars Battlefront? I, I, would, I would say so, Greg. I would say it's very. It, it almost is very similar to that um, that new Star Wars game that came out um, a couple months ago. The the uh, what's it called? Uh, Squadrons, I think. Okay. Um, I think it came out for like the Xbox and the PlayStation and the PC. If you, you play as a, I think you can be the, either the Empire or the, the Rebels and fly an X-wing. I think it's in like first person or third person. I'm not quite sure. But uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the Nintendo 64 was in third person, but you could you could fly in first person too. But it just made sense to fly in third person so you could see where you were going. Right. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, I would say it's a pretty good precursor to Star Wars Battlefront. I mean, oh, Star Wars right there. I, I would say Star Wars Battlefront because it's more um, ground based. Um, but as far as like flying, I, I thought. You know, it, it was a pretty good game for flying. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I uh, I only played uh, Episode One Racer, which uh, I know that Shadows of the Empire was one of the best Star Wars games out there for a long time, but never got the chance to play that one. Um, Star Wars, I didn't get into Star Wars until I was like seven or eight, and by that point kind of already uh, at the end of the cycle for the N64. Um, 
number seven for me is Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie was this platformer created by Rare who, um, you know, arguably it stood right up to Super Mario 64. Um, you play as this, like, bear and bird who's in the bear's backpack and they jump around and fly around and they do all these cool things. He shoots eggs out of his ass and out of his mouth and, um... They have to basically do all these puzzles. They have to fill these puzzles to uh, to defeat this witch. None of it makes any sense when I say it out loud, but if you played the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Had a great soundtrack. All the characters were phenomenal. Um, the main character, her name was Gruntilda or Grunty for short, which uh, I always thought was a funny name. But um, the levels were all magnificent. Uh, and the only issue I had with the game was you had to basically get everything in one playthrough or it would reset when you walked out of the world. And I was a perfectionist, so I would spend like an hour on each level individually just to make sure I didn't have to go back to it again because you have to collect like all these notes and all these extra things. And, um, the very last thing you do is you, you fight the boss, Grunty, and this was the hardest game I'd ever played up, like, when I was a kid uh, to try to beat this boss. This was the hardest boss battle I've ever fought. In fact, it took me nine years to, uh, to beat it. Wow. I was 14 years old when uh, I finally, like, picked up the game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking finish this game. And... And I did. I ended up beating it. So, uh, you know, there was some closure on there. But um, they ended up making a sequel, which I, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But but Banjo Kazooie is definitely one of the best uh, N64 games ever made. That was my number seven. All right, uh, moving on to number six. Um. One of my favorite uh, N64 games of all time. I still play it. It's uh, Star Fox 64. Yeah. Um, they can't. I, I usually just play campaign because uh, to play multiplayer, you had to unlock certain things from campaign. Um, you could you could you could drive a tank. You could uh, go on. You could play on foot. Um, but the only way you could do that, you had to get medals in campaign. Um, now the campaign had like you could do different routes to go each level. You, the first one you started was Corneria. That was always the first mission. Um, how you proceeded past that was based on how well you did in Corneria. Um, there were ways to you, it's like the first route so and, and uh, you could do the easy route and go through like uh, it was like the blue route, the yellow route, and the red one. The red was like expert. So you, at, at the expert route, you had to pretty much know what you were playing. Um, the middle route was fun, and then you you got to um, Venom. That was the the boss world. Um, the and then after you beat the game, um, you went back and collected medals on how many kills you got. Now. In, in Star Fox, um, you get you you get a medal for every 150 kills you get in the game per per, per level. Now, you had to collect a certain amount of medals to unlock things for multiplayer. Um, to get to to the hardest one of them all is to get 
medals on all of the maps um, without and without losing a single of your companions too. And then you could play as Star Fox on foot in multiplayer. That was the oh. hardest one to get. Yeah. Um, which is is a, is an extreme challenge. Like it, I, I still don't have it. Okay, I, I've got the tank. Um, my brother and I have got like most. We've got most of the medals. The only medal, there's like two maps we don't have the medals on. One is Sector Z, which I think is the hardest map on Star Fox. Basically, your job is to defend your ship, Great Fox, from missile attacks. But you have to destroy every single missile that comes at you. And if you don't, you don't get a medal. So if you miss once, you got to restart the game. And when we restart the game, we got to do all the maps over again. Oh, fuck. That sucks, dude. Um, that was that was a hard one. Um, but like, there, there there were some maps where like, there's only 150 enemies, so you have to kill every single one. That was right. that, that, it, it was like it was a very difficult game. If if you know, you can't just pick it up and start playing it, like, I mean, you could. It, it'll take a little bit to get used to. But like, if you got if you're like a hardcore gamer, like that's a fun game to do because you never get tired of it. You just keep playing and playing and playing. I think we, we we got to the top of the leaderboard. We set the leaderboard like a, we had like nine hundred kills, which was a, a that was a lot of kills. That yeah. Um, and we got we got most of the medals and just it's just fun. It's so much fun. And like you go different routes and like go to warp. You meet like um, Fox's friends like uh, Bill. He's one of them. Um, and you play as Star Fox. Um, his his companion he has he has three companions that go with him, um, Falco which he's like a kind of a badass like he's like Fox's like best friend. Um, you play uh, Peppy, um, Peppy is uh, Fox's father's friend, um, and then you have I think the most useless character of them all, Slippy. <laughs> Slippy, Slippy Toad. Is, Slippy Toad has got to be the useless character that is. In, in, in a shooter um, oh no all Slippy does all Slippy's job is to do is tell you what the health level is of the boss you're facing <laughs> other than that Slippy's completely useless um he's my favorite <laughs> just because of like his look and uh, the memes you ever see the memes I've, I've seen the memes Greg yeah oh god Slippy Toad man that guy Okay, that's funny. Um, who's your favorite of the Star Fox characters? Um, I like Falco. Falco, he's badass. He's great on Super Smash Brothers too. If uh, somebody already took Fox. But, yeah, it was a good, it was a good game. Yeah, that's one that you can sink a shit ton of hours in. Oh yeah, and what's what's like hard about Nintendo sixty four games is you can't save the game. Right. You, you get you the the problem with the game is that. Unless you like, unless you have like a, I, I mean, there are ways like other like ways you could save the game, um, but for the standard player, there's no really no way to save the game. So you pretty much have to play through the whole game, and then start again. That's that's how the game worked. But it was fun like that because you got to keep playing. You, you can't stop like oh like you know like yeah I'm just like start up a um, campaign and like Call of Duty and I was just gonna play campaign and like oh I'll just save the game come back later and finish the mission later like yeah well this is like no you can't do that once you start it off you gotta restart right so and it's a long game it is a long game 
Um, I, I think I think one time, Greg, I played it through just for fun. I think it took me like I don't know two hours maybe to do one playthrough. I was trying to play fast, right? But there's like if you try to get every single uh, kill, every single like uh, gold coin, gold star, and try to like not mess up once, it, it's challenging. Yeah, that's like a that's a um, nail grinder game right there. Uh, this was the ninth best selling uh, Nintendo sixty four game of all time, um, which you know that that speaks a lot for its uh, impact on this console. People loved Star Fox. I know um, I didn't I didn't have it myself, but everybody pretty much I knew had Star Fox. Um, let's see here. That was number seven or six. Six number six. six. My number six is Super Mario 64. This was the first game that came out for the uh, console, I'm pretty sure. Um, this was the game that most people... I think it's the best-selling game on the console, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can look that up real quick. but Yeah. Um, this game was so much fun. Uh, it... Basically, was the first, yeah, it's the best-selling Nintendo 64 game with more than 11 million copies sold. Uh, this was like the first time you really had Super Mario running around in a 3D world um, where you weren't just confined to the side-scrolling, jumping on the mushrooms and uh, the turtles and shit and trying to get to the flag and f falling down the pole. Um, you know, there was so much uh, to do with this game. You got to jump in all these paintings and uh, go and explore all these beautifully crafted worlds. The music, again, was great. Um, I feel like these, these video game soundtracks are really underrated and something that people don't appreciate as much as they should. But uh, the music was just as important as the you know to the atmosphere of the level as the visuals and the, the villains. Um, you played Super Mario, of course. What was your favorite level on the uh, game? Um, let's see. I like playing the um. Oh, what was the, the one where um, like the the frozen the frozen one um where you would find the penguin. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Right, and, and uh, it was like the you're supposed to like to retrieve the baby penguin and bring it back to its mother. But sometimes you just didn't want to. You just threw it right off the cliff. That's right. Because <laughs> you got sick of it. And because you could. You could. Because you could do that. Yeah. You, you could pretty much do anything. If, if, you, if you didn't like certain characters, you could, you could get rid of them. Just yeet. Bye-bye, baby. That, that was a fun one. The, the other one that was fun was the map where, like, uh, you could you can make Mario small or you can make him bigger than everything else. Oh, God, yeah. That was a fun one. Big, tall world. And uh, there was one other one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I, I did like uh, when you faced Bowser the first time. Yeah, that was the easiest of the fights. That was that was a fun one. Um, I'm trying to think like what my favorite Mario level would have been, because they were all so much fun. But <sighs> I feel like there was one that I enjoyed more than any other one. Um, Damn. I loved the one where... Uh, 
it was it was probably Lethal Lava Land, the fire one with the fire monster oh, yeah, on the yeah, painting. I and you jump in. And, um, it was so, like, that was a tough level. Because you just have to jump and, like, hope that you didn't jump in the lava. It was really lethal. It would kill you. Uh, I watched Brennan play it a couple weeks ago, or maybe, uh, maybe it was a couple months ago. He got it uh, remastered on the Switch. And <laughs> the kid kept jumping in the lava. I'm like, what are you doing, <laughs> man? It's lethal lava land. And uh, that was a fun one. You got to roll on the log and shit. And, um, just, yeah, this was a beautiful game with, uh, I, I've sunk hundreds of hours into this damn game. What you like better, Greg? Uh, Flying Mario or um, Metal Mario? Flying Mario. I, I found that I could get a lot more done flying, and it was fun shooting them out of the cannons and uh, just getting air. I, I hate it when his cap ran out. I would just fly around the entire map if I could all game long. But, and, of course, these, these caps were only uh, special to, like, certain levels. You couldn't find them all in every level. Right. And they always served a purpose. You remember that uh, desert map where, like, the monkey would steal Mario's cap? And then if you, like, left the map, you wouldn't have a hat. Right. Which was cool. Right. But then it kind of sucked because... Um, it affected Mario's, like, like I guess it's, like, stamina. It, he, he got hurt quicker sometimes from, yeah. from different characters. And, like, if to get his hat back, you had to either take it back from the monkey by using a banana as, like, a trade, or you had to find, like, a flying cap or a metal cap or the invisibility cap right. to get it back. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a cap because what, what's Mario without his cap? Right, he's just some guy. Just a, he's just a plumber. Yeah. And he had funny looking hair. But, uh, and of course at the beginning, I, you know, almost forgot about that selection screen. And you could fucking, like, fuck around with his face. And, like, stretch his face and his ears. And, like, it was great, man. Um, that was, that was a fun one. My parents both, uh, spent a lot of time on that one, too. Because you could have four different, uh, save files. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, yeah, that was a great game. Uh, my parents ended up getting all 120 stars. I don't think I ever did, to be honest with you. I just beat the campaign and like beat Bowser, but I know, you know, this is this is a, one of those cool Easter eggs. When you get 120 stars, um, you get to see Yoshi. He's on top of the damn building, and there's a cannon you shoot through, and you can say hi to Yoshi, and he gives you a hundred lives or some shit. But uh, that was my number six. Alright, moving to number 5 um, This is the only game on my top 10 That I don't own But I've played it many times At my friends' houses um, The cartridge, like most of the cartridges are grey uh, This one was like a gold color um, I'm, I'm sure many, many of you Greg Eggs Probably have played this game many times um, This is The Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time um, This was a really fun game It was a nice this, the single player, it was like one of the best, like, I think, single player Nintendo 64 games of all time. The graphics were really good, like, for its time. Um, playing as, um, the Link. Link was like, wow. Like, I, I see, when I see, like, the, um, the, the, the newest game they have for, like, the, the Switch, and I compare it to the Nintendo 64's version, it's almost, it looks almost the same. It's, it, I mean, the graphics just are slightly better, but, I, I think it's like very, it's very close. I mean, considering the games are like twenty like twenty years apart, right? So it was that was a hell of a fun game. 
And this was what the first 3D uh, right. Legend of Zelda game. Right. Like like before like like as far as like sword play games, um the the, the first sword play game I played was on this um was on the Sega was it the Sega Genesis? Um I, I'm not quite sure. I think it was it, it all I remember was it was it was Gauntlet. Okay. That was my first like sword game. It was in like 2D, but it was like fun to play because it was like you could kill people, but it, it wasn't like. And then I played Zelda. I'm like, wow, playing in a 3D game. That's like, I mean, now it's like you know that's that's normal. But back right. then, like 3D was like that Huge. was the shit. That was like if you played if you played 3D, you're like wow, you're yeah. like mind blown. Right, and you know it's so funny back in the day because like you remember looking at the graphics on these games and like these polygons and these squares, and you're like, wow, this is like real life. It, it, it looked, it look, yeah, it looks like real life. And then you look back now, like twenty years now, like wow, that's uh, that's, that's a, pretty bad. Yeah, dude. But at the time, it was like every time a game came out when you were young and we, when it first came out, like wow, it's like it looks real, it looks like like real life. And then you look at it in the past, you're like, well, no, not, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. that's, how, that's how they marketed the games because it was based on what the technology they had so right. games were like 16 32 bit games sometimes 64 if they if they added that quality but most of the games were like low quality but they sold it on the story um, the whatever the story the gameplay the music and the graphics that was how you built games so yeah. it was a it was fun that was good oh my god yeah um did I'm sure you also loved Majora's Mask. I did. That was fun. I I could never get into the Zelda games, um, which it sounds terrible. I tried them a couple times, and I didn't have the attention span for them. Uh, I found that they were too difficult for my, my stupid brain, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I could go back and, and play some. We have... I think we have both. I know we definitely have Majora's Mask. Um, but, yeah, I just... I tried it one time, and I was like... Eh, I don't know, but it's also one of the few games that like you you can you can buy Nintendo sixty four games today. Um, they're all like used and like uh, they're re- remade or whatever. But they um this this game is hard to find. Um, it, it it and I will say a lot of these games are quite expensive. Like oh my god, yeah. When when, when Nintendo sixty four games came out originally, I think they're like between thirty and forty dollars, like brand new. Um, some games like like um. You know, Mario Kart, um, 007, Smash Brothers, they're going to cost you like $40, $50 like, to find one. And I, I believe Zelda is like at least, at least $50 to find a cartridge. Like, and that's a lot to spend on, on a Nintendo 64 game today. Right. I mean, you could buy like a brand new like, you know, Xbox, Xbox One or um, PS4 game for like 60 bucks. Yeah. So to, th- to think that a Nintendo 64 game being that old like 20 20 20 20 plus years old um being like 40 50 dollars today is 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 incredible how how the value has kept in those games you're right and i've seen some sell as much as a hundred bucks um you know what's crazy is like you know how they have the uh the old like sega genesis consoles like that they just came out with that like oh you it has 100 games on it or whatever and like you can replay all your favorite games. The fact that Nintendo hasn't licensed one of those, like, is mind-boggling. Right, right. They could like make a Nintendo sixty-four remastered version, and just like load it like a PC 
and just load all the games onto that one console, and then you can just play it. Yeah, like, because God knows that would sell, like, pizza. I don't know. Like, everybody would want that. Or or, or, or why why can't they do it for the Switch? Like, like have, like, a game that has all of it. Like, just, like, to keep the, the Nintendo 64 graphics, because, I mean, they can fill up all, all the games are probably on one, like, one little disc. Right. Because um, these, these games were, like, what, megabytes? Megabytes. Or, you know, megabytes, so, yeah. you know, mo- most games today are, like, you know, like, I, like, I think, like... 400 gigs or something like that? Um, I don't know. I, I'll say a little less, Greg. I yeah. think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, for I'll take, for example, um, I, the, big, the biggest game on my Xbox is the Halo the Master Chief Collection. And that's like sixty-five gigs. Wow! So that—that's the biggest game on my on my, and that takes up a, a lot. Yeah. But mo- most games are like uh, forty gigs. That's like that's like the average game is like 40, 30 to forty gigs. So considering a town sixty-four game is probably about, I want to say a hundred megabytes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on the quality of the game and how how, how long the story is. Right. But that's how it really was. I wonder. I wonder what it would take to get that. If they'd have to relicense these games, or because they own the master copies, they could just push them out. Well, um, if you now there are other ways to play these games. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a thing called an emulator um, where you can play pretty much any game from any console on your computer. You you can. There are ways to take an Nintendo 64 controller and make it a USB. And uh, you could play that on your computer. I have done it many, many times with a lot of Nintendo 64 games. Plus, with the emulator, you have all you have all the mods, you have all the uh, game sharp levels, stuff. game sharp, everything that you need to do. Um, but yeah, you can you, you can play it on your on your uh, on your computer. So. Yeah, I I never even thought about that. Um, I I guess I never under, like knew. Um, what was safe because I tried to download these video games and like I'd get freaking hacked and I'd have to call my buddy Daryl over and be like hey man can you save my computer and he would and it would take like an hour to fix but um I don't know yeah I I would love something like that um I mean we still have an X64 that works perfectly fine uh, my parents have it at their house but I know Brennan wanted to borrow it um because we still play it today. Uh, that was number five? Uh, yes, number five. My number five is Super Smash Brothers. Um, this was one of those games that I remember renting it. I remember the. Do you remember the commercial? When, like, they're all running in the field and it's like yes. a giant ass Donkey Kong costume I, I and a Mario that. costume that and a Yoshi. So, that was so much fun. That was great, and I was like, holy shit, what's this? And then, all of a sudden, they're beating the shit out of each other. And Like, this was the first of its kind, I'm pretty sure. I don't think you ever had, like, a crossover game where everybody's beating the shit out of each other and uh, from all these different franchises. I mean, hell, you had Mario, Pokemon, Zelda, Star Fox, Yoshi, Metroid, Kirby. Like, everybody. Um... And, of course, this game had only 12 characters, which, um, looking back on it now, you're like, that's it? You know, I think the most recent Super Smash Bros. game has, like, 60, maybe, something like that. But um, 
God, yeah, you had Jigglypuff, Pikachu, Kirby, Ness, Captain Falcon, Fox, Luigi, Mario, um, Link, Samus. Samus, and there's two more. Donkey Kong and Bowser, right? Uh, not Bowser. I, did I if did I say Kirby? Uh, I think you did say Kirby. Fuck. Um, Donkey Kong and oh, it's right here. They have all the characters. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Captain Falcon, Donkey Kong, Fox. Fox was the one I didn't say. But, um, you know, this was a great game, and the levels were great. The campaign was great. It was something new every time. Uh, and you, like, could get hours of fun out of this. Uh, the multiplayer, I mean, that's what people bought it for, was the multiplayer. You get your buddies over, and, you know, you throw items, Pokeballs and shit at them, and uh, throw them off the map. And this is probably another game that was responsible for a lot of people standing up, walking over to the Nintendo and turning off the power or the reset button. But, uh, good lord, man. I remember, I didn't even get this game until like 2002 or 2003. Uh, just because I guess we didn't have, uh, well, I didn't have the money at the time. I was only like 10. So any money I did get, I was putting towards these N64 games. But, uh, you know, as everybody knows, Super Smash Bros. was responsible for about five or six sequels at this point. 22 years later, like, here we are still going strong. Uh, and I'm sure they'll have another one come out at some point. You know, but for now, I know there's a lot of DLC on the Switch. And uh, James Bond, apparently, was was one of the uh, characters they wanted to put in, but there was licensing issues. But that would have been really fun to play as James Bond on top of all the other characters. So that was, that was Super Smash Brothers. What's, uh, what's your number four? Um, my number four was your number five, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Alrighty. Um, so I love Super Smash Brothers. Um, I'm my favorite character, I either would play as Captain Falcon or I would play as Fox. Yes. Those are the two. I, th I thought they were the two, like, coolest characters to play as. Um, Kirby was fun, too. He could, like, eat people and then become them. Yeah. Um... The, the levels were good. And what was great about multiplayer, um, like games like, you know, Star Fox and Mario Kart, you're like a, like a split screen type thing. Smash Brothers was like one screen and everyone was on the same screen. There was no screen was, looker. No, you know. so you, you, you didn't have the screen looker effect. Everyone's on the same screen. You can see everybody's moves. Um, my, and then like the, the items in Smash Brothers were like, were cool. Um, you could use the Pokeball, um, and then my my the the one that everyone wanted was the hammer. Yes. The hammer, and then the music would change, and basically, if you got hit with this hammer, you die. You die. You pretty <laughs> much die. So whoever had the hammer was like, everyone would gang up on him to get kill him because he was. If you had the hammer and hit you, good luck. Right. You're off the map. You're off the map. Um, what was your favorite level on multiplayer? Um, let's see. I I like playing um, Corneria on the, on Star Fox's ship. That that was a fun one. Um, there was another um, Kirby's uh, Kirby's Land or whatever he plays as. Um, I like Pokemon Stadium. That was a fun one. Or uh, Saffron City. Saffron City. Saffron City. That was fun. 
Samus's uh, homeworld. Sector Z. Sector Z. Yeah, that was fun too. Actually, I, I actually did like playing as Samus. Yeah. She she was a good. Um, that R. Yeah, that was. She was good too. My favorite uh, was Fox because of the, um, like, the, his force field that would return whatever, um, like, energy shots. So, like, if I was playing against Samus, it's just down B and boom, Samus is getting hit with her own medicine. But uh, that was a fun game. Um, I really loved Hyrule Castle. That was my favorite level with the little tornadoes that would shoot up. And it was a big enough level that I felt like I could just jump around and be safe. Because... That's my strategy is, like, to watch everybody else fight each other. Plus, like, you didn't have to be a wizard, game wizard at Smash Bros. You could just, if you didn't know how to play video games, you could just pick it up and start playing and just smash buttons. Yeah. Because pretty much that's all you had to do is hit, hit people and smash buttons. didn't even matter if you, like, hit them all the time. It, you still had fun. You picked up items. That that was made it fun. But I also did, like, playing... Um, uh, in Donkey Kong's uh, jungle on the um, uh, I can't think of the name of the map whatever it was had like uh, it was like in the jungle you're on the boat or whatever um, it was in Smash Bros I, I, I can't remember the name of the map is the Donkey Kong one it was the Donkey Kong one okay Congo jungle yes that's the one that was a fun one with a little barrel that's floating around yep yep um that's yeah yeah man super smash but that game was responsible for a lot of a lot of broken controllers a lot of angry people but uh that that's also a game that's extremely hard to come by that's uh i i've seen it on sites going for like 70 80 dollars yeah yeah it's it's crazy how much uh people want for it but how that's the. I think that was the biggest problem with these cartridges is they only made so many copies, uh, where a lot of the disc-based games, you know, shoot out a million CDs takes like 20 minutes. Uh, to make these cartridges, it took a long time to print everything. But hell, you know, that's why we never sold, never sold anything Nintendo-related. No, you kept everything. Yep. It wasn't that much. Like it didn't take up that much space. Uh, I just kept the cartridges. I threw out the boxes that they came in. But, um, and, dude, do you remember those, uh, the game, like, manual, like, the books that they would sell, the companion books that basically you read, and it would show you all the tips and tricks and everything like that? Those were my favorite. Uh, and you got so much out of them. You, like, because we didn't have the Internet to go look up cheat codes or, you know, oh, how do I get past this stupid fucking level that I'm stuck on? You had the the books. Brady yeah, Games they, made them. Yeah, it was uh, the Game Guide. Game, yeah. And uh, shit, we had a lot of those. I had the Banjo Kazooie one, the Banjo Tooie one, the Mario Kart one, uh, Super Mario sixty four. But man, those were a lot of fun to read. Like even if I wasn't playing the game, I'd just read them. Um, that was number four. So we're down to number four. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 for me. Um, Donkey Kong 64 made you get this special attachment um, called the Expansion Pack. And it was this like red nugget you put in uh, at the front of your Nintendo 64. And it basically gave your system more power. Like more RAM almost. 
um, in order to run the game because this game was so big. And this game was big as shit. Uh, I, I remember um, we rented it from the video one and I remember I was so hyped. I was like, man, I can't fucking wait to play Donkey Kong. Oh my god, it's gonna be great. And I pop the game in the device and it says, expansion pack needed. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, like, you know, when you um, rented that one shitty game and then you had to return it the day, like the first day, I didn't even get to return it. Like, like I waited the whole cycle just because my parents wouldn't take me back, but. I was devastated. I was like, man, that was a whole weekend of fun that I was going to have that I can't now because uh, fucking Donkey Kong doesn't even work. So I ended up getting it for my seventh birthday, um, like with the money I got. And I went to Walmart, picked it out, couldn't wait. Uh, and then, you know, it came with the expansion pack. I think that game was like 60 or 80 bucks. Uh, because the expansion pack, they charged you extra for it because it was such a big game. But, like, it is what it is. It was worth every penny. You know, you get to play as Donkey Kong and all his cronies, Diddy, Chunky, Lanky, uh, Trixie, or Dixie, or whatever. Um, it was just so much fun. Uh, that was another game that I don't even know if I beat the damn boss level because there was so much shit to do and you had to go through so much shit to... Uh, I might have. I might have, uh, but it took me like 20 years to do it. But I just, damn, that game, that was probably the game I spent the most time on uh, as a kid because it was so big and you could just go through all the levels. and You basically had to play like five times each on every level with every character. But I love me some, and then of course everybody knows the iconic Donkey Kong rap. Uh, which I won't perform right now, but um, if you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. There's also a great Bohemian Rhapsody version of the Donkey Kong rap. Uh, so, you know, you guys will know if the real ones know. Uh, so that's number, we'll bring it to number three. All right, number three on my list. Um, Greg kind of talked about it a little earlier. Um, Super Mario 64, um, playing as a 3D character. Um, was as big considering um, if you play the Super Nintendo or the NES everything was like flat 2D screen whatever so playing 3D was like it's like it's like imagine playing like Halo in 2D then going to 3D right it's like that um, <clears throat> playing the different levels going through the map collecting stars um, and it was a challenge I mean if <laughs> If you didn't play too well, um, I don't know what to tell you. You just have to get better. <laughs> yeah, you have to try again. You, you started with your three lives, and you had to keep getting as many lives as you could. Because once you face Bowser, you know it's uh, it's oh, on. God, yeah. And he, he and like the first the first two were like okay. The third one was like that was the tough one. Because that map's fucking falling apart. Right. Every time you throw him at a bomb. So like it was a hard one, but the music was good. The story was good. Um, you could play in um, the mansion, the haunted mansion in the back. Yeah. Boo would like, like, like make fun of you because you would like get stuck and like. It, it was good. It was fun. And he always had something to say, like, over the top of the head. 
you'd read this little paragraph and it'd be like, come on, man. Um, dude, do you remember the stairs, the never-ending stairs that you'd run up and the music would get fucking scary as shit and you could never, like... You can't never get to the top of the stairs. Right. That, I don't know why, but that scared the shit out of me as a kid. And just a do 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 like, I don't know, there's something very unsettling about it. Uh, and then you'd like turn around and you'd be like 10 steps up and I'd be like, fuck, I just ran 400 miles up these steps. Uh, until you got like, what, 70 stars or some shit. Yeah, and then, it wouldn't let you go past until you had a certain amount of stars. Kind of like when you faced like the first Bowser, it wouldn't let you like jump to it. It would like, the, the bottom of the screen would like drop out. Yeah. Oh, man. But it, it, great fail-safes uh, by the developers. Like, they knew what they were doing. Because I'm sure there were a lot of people who wanted to just take a shortcut. But Plus, there's, like, so many, like, even just not playing, like, the missions, there's, like, so many other places to explore in the castle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could go through an entire thing, like, just just going around I and mean, checking th- it out. There's, like, hidden, like, maps... Like, if you go outside into, like, the water by the castle, there's, like, a hole in the water where you can go down into it and it unlocks, like, a different map. Like, you can do, like, underwater. There's, like, you can pick up Metal Mario and Invisible Mario, like, underneath. Like, not, like, actually jumping to a picture. It's actually in the map under the map, which was actually really cool. Yeah. I... Those were hard, too. Like, that it's, one... Because Mario can't breathe underwater. Right. <laughs> Unless you have, like, the metal hat. Yeah. Well, do you remember the one for the invisible cap where you have to slide down the thing and then you have to jump over and it's like all the platforms and they're moving constantly? Yes. Like, I fell off that one more than any other level, I think. And that wasn't even, like, one of the main levels. But, yeah, dude, that was a fun game. And it was challenging. Like, it, it was, was a challenging a challenge. Game. Yeah, you had to put some effort into it, which God, God knows as a five-year-old child I did not want to put a lot of effort into my video game playing, but... Yeah, no, that that really is one of the best games ever made. Um, and that's number three, mm-hmm. Banjo-Tooie for me. It's a sequel to Banjo-Kazooie, um, but this time, you know, it basically, it, it did everything Banjo-Kazooie did, but it did it better. Um, you had more moves. You could separate Banjo and Kazooie and, like, do your own thing, which they weren't as good separate. They were much better together, um, but... The levels were bigger. The levels were more fun. Uh, there was a carnival level, which that was my favorite of all time. God, the carnival level was so much fun. Uh, there was a Native American princess and a wizard uh, mumbo jumbo, and they basically were mortal enemies, but they both helped you out. They, uh, if you played as mumbo, like you could walk around as mumbo and take control over things and. Um, the name of American Princess, I can't remember what the hell her name was, but, uh, she would turn you into, like, a washing machine or, you know, a pair of gym socks or, you know, whatever, uh, it was appropriate for the level, and, um, the bosses were bigger and better than ever, um, like, everything about this, and it was funny, because we, we played Banjo-Tooie, and I beat the, like, the main boss pretty much the first two, three or two tries. Like, it didn't really take me 12 years or whatever to beat it. But, um... And then you could play mini-games. The multiplayer was great. There was no multiplayer on the first one. So, uh, we'd play a lot of the multiplayer. And... Just, there was so much to do. 
these games, you know, this and Donkey Kong, I think I spent the most time playing. But, uh, God, yeah, I got that for Christmas of 2000. And I loved it. I, I loved every second of it. And I think that's Brennan's favorite, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was saying that earlier. That brings us to our top two, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, these are these are top choices. Um, number two for me is Goldeneye 007. Before you start talking, that's also my number two. So let's just both talk about it. Okay. So Goldeneye, if, 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 if everybody has seen James Bond, um, Pierce Brosnan, um, they're going after the uh, the Goldeneye laser um so it was a Russian satellite, satellite, thing. satellite thing that could like destroy whatever it wanted to. Um, but anyway, the, as far as the game is concerned, the campaign pretty much follows the movie. Um, the campaign was well thought out. Yeah. It pretty much followed the movie to a T. Um, it was so much fun. Bond had so many different like ways. To, like he pick up different guns and he had like forty and different guns. Right. Um, you play all the maps, and then they threw in some extra maps at the end. Um, but the main part was multiplayer. Oh, my God, yeah. It, I would say um, it the multiplayer of 007 was probably the best multiplayer game of all time. I mean, th- th- this, this, this could rival, like, Halo. Um, it can rival Call, Snap, of Duty. Call of Duty. Um, for as far as, like, split-screen... Like um, screen screen looking type of uh, games, you, everyone's on the same screen. This this was the game. Um, you could you could set you could, and you could set the settings to wherever you wanted to have it as. Um, if you want to just use the Moonraker lasers, you could use the Moonraker lasers. If you want to just use fists, you could do fists. Slappers only. Slappers only. You could do rockets. Uh, my one of my favorite weapons it was the um, the remote mine. Oh my god! Yeah, I was a proximity mine guy. Myself. There was I forget the map what it was called, but you could like there was one where the rocket would spawn, you could like go up on the top, there's like an observation post. Yeah. And you could like you could control the whole map and then you just you just camp the top of the stairs and people would come up and try to get the rockets and you would blow them up when they got there. Yes. Um I think you could play you could play as Bond, uh, Natalia, Ivana on the top, um and then there was Trevelyan, like Trevelyan, Ormov. and then uh, you could play as Boris. I like playing as Boris. Hell yeah, man! He was great in the movie too. I Alan Cumming, he's so good. Um, it was just a, just a fun game. Yeah. Like, but nobody got to play as Oddjob. No, because you were a fucking asshole. Oddjob, <laughs> I I hate when whoever picked Oddjob because Oddjob had like besides his like the guns you could pick up, like everyone else had a shoot or, or slap. <laughs> He had his fucking hat. That if, if you got hit with the hat, you die. Yeah. That was the thing. And and like I, we always like make the rules like you can pick any character but odd job. I don't care who you pick, but if you pick odd job, you can leave the room right yeah. now. Because you have to aim to like shoot him. You know, everybody else pretty much auto aims, and you can hit him. With odd job, you have to fucking look down, which is bullshit. Because he can hit anybody, but nobody can hit odd job. Uh, and like Jaws, I didn't like to play as Jaws because he was too big, and he was too easy to hit. Uh, so those were the two like opposites. And it's funny because in the movie, he, the guy's like five eleven, <laughs> like he was a normal sized dude. So I don't know what the hell the developers were thinking. 
And it's funny because multiplayer was an afterthought for these guys. Right. They kind of just chucked it out in like a couple days. And they were like, hey, I guess, you know, we'll, and the, the people can have that too. That's fine. They, little did they know. No, that doing. was like the sell. Like, a campaign was fun. I mean, you could drive a tank. You could, you know, fly. You could get in the, um, uh, there was like a Jeep one. You, you, there was like parts of the map you could like, like the first mission, like in the, the dam, the, the, the dam one. That was fun. You could jump, you jump off the dam. You're like, you're supposed to jump off the dam. Right. Um, when you're on the hangar and that like, when this like Bond's leaving the facility, um, you instead of if you don't want to just walk down the runway, you can borrow. There was a, actually a tank you can borrow and you can use that. Yeah. Um, oh God. Yeah. Well, like playing the campaign was like, I mean, watching uh, or like the one where you have to like use the laser. You're in the train and you have a, there's a time you have like a oh minute. the way the laser watch you gotta do the laser watch on the latches and you only have a minute to do it just like in the movie just like in the movie. Um, that's fun. But multiplayer was like next that, level. That that was like that that was the game. If you didn't want to play single player, like multiplayer was like everyone played multiplayer. Right, and there was more than enough for everybody. Um, it had something for everybody. What was your favorite level on multiplayer? Um, I think it's called Complex, maybe. Yes, that was the one like with. Um, it looked futuristic, almost. right? Right. It was a futuristic one. It was very blocky. It was like different, like high high levels and low levels. Oh, you could go like through that screen door and like crouch under and travel fast travel through the map. Um, that was a good one. Uh, my favorite was Bunker, which like had the jail, right. and uh, it was the Servanaya. Um, Servanaya outpost. Yeah. And the, and the radar station. Right, and you could like blow everything up in uh, that one spot because you have to like run through the entire damn map to get to the special item, the special weapon, uh, which I always loved doing golden gun mode because I was an asshole because it's the one shot gun. And uh, I'd always like everybody would just race to that one spot and pick up the damn gun, and whoever had it pretty much won the whole thing. But uh, you know, you could do timed or you could do um, stock, and basically first to 10 kills wins. And you know, uh, I always forget, um, at the end of every multiplayer game, you scroll over and it gave you awards. It was like, most dishonorable, best shot, biggest bitch, you know, whatever it was, um, everybody basically got to be like, I was the fucking man, or oh, I was dog shit, and, you know, it was something different every time. And, and like, when you got, when you got killed... It would show the blood on the screen. Oh screen. my god! That, that was, was the best part. Every and then you would respond, but every time you resp- like the what nice thing about multiplayer was when you respond, you usually respond someplace away from everybody else. Right. So like, like games today, you pretty much know where people spawn, so you can spawn camp. Oh god, yeah, um, that's the worst. But, but like in in 007, the game was well constructed, where that. When somebody respawned, they were not near anybody else, so they could actually pick up a weapon and keep playing. Whereas, you know, instead of somebody waiting for them to spawn, and then they come out of the room and then they they, they die, and then you get frustrated because you can't like advance in the game. Yeah, because that oh god, I hate spawn killing, but but Goldeneye 007 really uh, that was the thing that fostered my love for James Bond more than anything else. And I begged my parents to uh, get me the movie, um, the VHS, 
GoldenEye, and they did, which, um, you know, at the time it was like 15, 10, 15 bucks at BJ's. Uh, back when they used to have that display with like a thousand videotapes. And I remember um, the very first night I had it, the next morning I woke up at like 5 a.m. just so I had like the living room, and I popped that fucking movie in, and you know, the next two hours some of the best times I ever had in my life uh, and that's that's my favorite movie of all time so this video game itself like god yeah it, it's one of the reasons uh, you know I love James Bond today and I'd say you know if it weren't for my number one that would have easily been my number one uh, but that brings us to your number one Jimmy what's your favorite uh, all time number one um was my first Nintendo 64 game. Um, I'm sure if you Greg heads, Greg heads were paying attention. Um, um, I actually played it today. To be honest, uh, I popped it and I played it. It's uh, Mario Kart 64. Oh yeah, um, my favorite game of all time. Um, it, this is like if if you had this game, you're the cool kid. I mean every every kid I'm every kid in my block had this game. Um, multiplayer was the shit. Oh, yeah. um, I like playing the boss battles where when you had the you had the three balloons you're on the top on the top of the tower that what's was, your favorite level there um in, in the multiplayer one yeah. probably there's like the big donut there was the um I, I didn't really like the donut I, I like the, the, the skyscraper one was fun yeah and then like I, like the, the blocks like there was like the four different color like fork block things the red the green the blue the yellow yeah, that was fun that was my favorite on the multiplayer I like that one what was your favorite guy to play as? Um, now this this would depend on who I was playing against. Um, if I'm playing against like my friends or whatever, I, I could I could pick Mario or Luigi. Um, but if I'm playing against my brother and we're pretty competitive, um, I'm gonna play as either like Yoshi or Toad. Um, because yeah. in my opinion, those two are the fastest in the game. Um, for some reason. I don't know how the developers came up with it, but I, I'm pretty sure that Yoshi and Toad are the two fastest players in the game for reasons I don't know why. Maybe it's just the way they're built in the game, whatever. Because like, um, I'll, I'll tell my friends, hey, you can play as a. I usually tell them, hey, if, uh, you can play as uh, Donkey Kong and uh, Bowser. They're the fastest ones in the game. <laughs> <laughs> they're the slowest as shit. Oh my god, that's terrible. Um, but like, um, I, I usually play as Luigi. Um, uh, he's always I, I like his like little quirks he says like um, I'm a Luigi number one uh, he was good I mean Yoshi you couldn't really understand what he was saying <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever <laughs> or Toad's like I'm the best I'm the best but um my my favorite uh, map um I mean I like playing like uh um let's see uh Wario Stadium was fun. I mean, that's the one with the damn glitch where you, you, you can, jump you, over the hill. You jump over the hill. Um, I, I I I manipulated the shit out of that so oh, many yeah. times. I, I would like, I, even if I just couldn't get it the first time, I would keep going back to like get it and get it and get it. Right, because it takes a long time for everybody else to get to right, that point. Right. You're like, I'll back up. I, I think Greg, I've actually actually played the entire Wario Stadium map maybe like twice, and the rest of the time I manipulated the shit out of it. Yeah. Like, I don't remember how, how the rest of the map goes because it just takes too long. Right. Yeah, because you can beat that in like two and a half minutes. Right. You know, and 
Why waste time? Um, I liked uh, Cooper Trooper Beach. That was fun. The yeah. stuff in the the, the first the, the um, uh, what's it called the uh, the first the first cup. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. I know there was the flower cup, there's the star cup. The mushroom cup. The, the mushroom cup and the mushroom cup. Um, um, I think there was one called, like, is it, what, the Calamari Road or something like that? Oh, uh, Calamari one? Desert. Calamari Desert. That was fun with the train. Yeah. Um, cer- certain ways, if you play, like, 50cc, 100cc, 150cc, or extra, uh, would depend on how big the train is. Um, you could actually blow up the train, and it could only just be the engine that'll go by, or the whole train would go by. But um, my favorite um, map, and I still love it to this day, um, is Rainbow Road. Um, that song, man. That song is probably the best of all the songs Nintendo made for like any of its Mario games. That's got to be the best one of oh, all. Oh, yeah. That's I, a long I, ass map. It's a long map. Um, have you ever uh, have you manipulated it and try to jump it? Yeah, that was the. That's the, the I think that, that's the hardest one to do. Right, because if you don't, it takes a long time to right. fall off that map. But it's it's one of those maps where like if you don't want to manipulate, if you just want to play it through, it's 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 worth it to play yeah. through. Beautiful, beautiful map. Every color, like it's what every seven colors. Uh, Right, and I like how it shows like the different characters of the game, which that's 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 the game. That's like you play the game for that. Um, I like Royal Raceway; that was fun. Um, the the one I think the hardest map of that game was Toad's Turnpike. A hundred percent, especially when you're playing um, like play, if you're playing on extra, it's actually easier because the cars are coming at you. Right, that you that made see. it easier but if you're playing like 150 cc and you're on toad's turnpike uh and 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 you're not playing as toad because i feel like toad had an advantage because the cars never hit toad when you play as toad but if you play as anybody else i felt like there was more cars on the map right and they they target you and they it's target like... and then it's well because the map if you play the map and everybody plays the map it starts as three lanes when you get down to like the back stretch, it goes to two. Yeah. And and they seem to load up more buses and trucks. And pretty much the only way you can actually get by is if you hug the wall really tight and hit the wall multiple times and slow yourself down. But for some reason the AI decides that, oh I can just drive normally and I get through everything. Right. So it, it's very hard to get first place on that map. Yeah. You you're lucky to get maybe like like third or fourth. That's one that Brennan would always seem to beat me at, which was so frustrating, but um now, at the end, now, now, Greg, at the end of the, at the end of the, um, your, your four races, you have the, the trophy ceremony. Yeah. Now, um, get in first, second, and third. You get the it, gold, it, the silver, and the bronze. Silver and bronze. Now, those are all, like, easy to get. The, I, I would say the hardest one to get was fourth place. Because you had to, like, figure this out perfectly. Yeah. Now, if you play, it's, if you play with a, your friend or whatever, you could do co-op. Um, if any of your buddies got sec- second or third, it would never show fourth place. Right. So you can only do fourth place if you're playing um, single player. Yeah. And I would say that's probably the hardest thing to get in that game is fourth place. But what happens when you get fourth place? When you get fourth place, you're kind of sitting off in the background. You're watching all your other buddies get their awards. And a little bomb comes up to you 
and blows you up. <laughs> <laughs> and the screen says, what a pity. <laughs> that, I think it's like one of the uh, little Easter eggs that uh, it's, hard, it's hard to get. Yeah. My, that was my parents' favorite, was what a pity. I think, I think I've gotten fourth place twice in the uh, 20 years I've had the game. It, it's, it's, it's the hardest to get because you have to plan it out so well. Right. You, you ha- but it, and the thing is, like, the other characters can get points too. So um, if you come in fifth, um, now, now in, in the game, um, in the Mario Kart, you have to come in fourth or better. Otherwise, you have to, like, retry again. Um, and it won't let you advance the next race un- unless you get fourth or better. So, but it was a challenge. Yeah, and, like, it's funny because most of the time, you know, you want to win. You want right. to get, like, first place, be the best. But that was one game where it's like, yeah, you know what? I want to see the cutscene. And you try to get fourth place. Um, I remember because the items get better the further back you are, and they get shittier the further ahead you are. Um, so I do remember trying to strategically get myself into fourth place just to see the cutscene. Uh, and it's this is going to sound really fucking stupid, but I remember um, when you beat all four cups and it plays the credits, I got really sad watching those credits, and I don't know why. Maybe it's the music. I, I- I think it's the music, Greg, yeah. and, and the way they show the um, the racetracks. Yeah. I think I think it just like it, it sort of hits you because you play these tracks. I mean, when you first play the game, you're like, oh yeah, it's fun. But like like years go by and you play this game over and over again, it does start to like affect you because you know you feel a connection to the characters. Yeah, and then he's like, see you next time <laughs> at the end. And then you gotta hit reset on your on your uh, console. Yeah, but. That that was a fun game. Like, uh, remember Yoshi Valley? Yeah, oh my like, god! It was the one. It was the one map of the of the of all the racetracks where you didn't know who was where. Right. But but if you took the certain route, you could get to first place, and you could pretty much tell where you were if you paid attention to the map. Right, because there was what four or five different ways to get through that map, which and that's a hard one. I'd say outside of. Um, Toad's Turnpike, Yoshi's Valley's got to be that hardest level. Plus, like, um, like, it all depends on how you put your your screen view. Um, you could do like the default one would show the uh, the four uh, boxes of whoever was in the lead, and it would tell you the time of the quarter. You could do the one where you had the, your your speedometer. Um, I like doing the third one, which shows like the box of like all the characters in the going around the track to see where you are yeah. versus the other characters. Um, I like doing that one. So on that map, that was good to know because then you could see who's where. And I hate that damn egg. Oh my god! The Getting crushed by the egg. Right, because it moves. It moves. I yeah. hated that one. Um, I didn't like uh, Cho- uh, Cho- Choco Mountain. Yeah. When you're going around the corner, you could fall off. You could fall off or get crushed by a rock, or if you slip on a banana peel and you fall off. But I, I liked, uh, you know, Star Power, the Lightning Bolts. Um, I didn't care much for, like, the green shell. If you got the single shell, uh, you pretty much had to hold on to it and use it as, like, a defense. 
but you could you could angle the shell you could send the shell forward backwards um, you could do the same thing with banana peels um, now if you play the switch the banana peels if you got the whole bunch of them the banana peels surround you um, in the Nintendo 64 version it puts them in a line behind your cart which is nice to have because then you can just come up on somebody and knock them out with the banana peels um, I didn't really like the uh, the mushroom that you could like um, the unlimited mushroom I think I felt like that, that was kind of like useless because every time you, you, you used it you couldn't pick up another item right and it really didn't make you go that much faster no, no. But um, the, but the best item to have, besides star power and the lightning bolt, was the the triple red shells. Yeah. Because you could you could hold on to them for pretty much the entire game if you have if you're sitting in first place and you have the red shells, um, you pretty much can, can you you control the game. Nobody's getting past. Nobody's you. getting past you, and if they do, um, you got them pretty good. Right. Plus, you could if you had them out there and you got shocked by the lightning bolt, you could still use it. That was that was the best part. You 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 didn't, you didn't have to wait. Or if one of the coolest ones to have was the ghost. Yeah. If you had the ghost one, and you're playing with your buddy on co-op, and you like tag team, and he had the lightning bolt, uh, you could like easily like get the first and second place easily because right. you had the ghost, and so you're not going to get affected by it. So. And the star too. The star. The star power. That was great. You could knock people out, um, and, and nobody affected you. Right. Shoot. And, and what's nice about star power is that the further back you are in the race, the longer it lasted. Yeah. So if you're in eighth place, the star lasts a very long time. Now, if you get now, you could get, you could get star power in second place. That's the only the only place you can't get star power is first place. But you can get in second place, and it does last for quite some time. My favorite level was um, Bowser's Castle. That was fun. And because I feel like I was always really good handling that bridge uh, in the lava pit. Um, and I would never fall in the lava pit. And everybody else would. And they'd get so pissed. And I'd be like, come on, guys. It's not that hard. You just drive across it. But, um, yeah, that and Rainbow Road. God, Rainbow Road. Whew, that is such a good level. And, of course, that's in every pretty much every Mario Kart game now. Because people love Rainbow Road. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great number one. Um, I've put in a lot of hours into that game alone with the family. Uh, it was always fun doing the time trials. Well, now there's um, you can there's like and people can like come up with different versions of how you want to play Mario Kart. There's like versions like Mario Kart. Oh yeah, you, you drink beer while you're playing Mario Kart. Um, that's a fun one. Um, there's like a couple other ones. I mean, people, you, you can make a party game out of it. So oh, it's, yeah. it's just it's just a fun game, and you don't have to be good at gaming. It's 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 easy to pick up. So it's a game for everybody for sure. Um, my parents like my parents aren't huge into video games, but they will play Mario Kart. They'll play Super Mario sixty four. They'll play Mario Party, and they'll do well. You know, they used to beat us at these games, and we'd beat them, and it was fun for the whole family. Um, I couldn't get my parents near a PlayStation 4. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd show it, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? So, um, you know, it was a great time. And hell, to think it's already been 25 years since the uh, original console came out. And, and plus, Greg, like, compared to, like, the newer consoles, there's a lot less buttons on yeah. the Nintendo 64. 
Like, and like the the controller was like revolutionary for its time. Yeah, I I really enjoyed. Um, I wasn't a big D-pad guy. Like I used the analog stick for everything. Uh, and some people didn't like the analog stick. They were like, just give me the D-pad. But I loved the analog stick. Uh, I mean, you you could like beat the crap out of the analog stick and yeah. it would still work and then, and then eventually it would like you could tell it started to wear out quick our, on our original controller it's definitely you gotta be careful with it cause it, it's a little touchy but on every other controller it's it's durable as fuck man like I'll tell you you can beat the shit out of these controllers and they will hold uh, and that's you know they really put a lot of time and effort and care into these games into the system itself uh, it's some fascinating stuff. I've watched a lot of documentaries on YouTube and things like that about. They can they can take a beating. Yeah. Like, like um, I remember when I was a kid, um, like my parents like would give me like I, I could have like ice cream and sherbet and stuff. Like I really wanted sherbet so bad, so like I ate some and I hid it. So I put it. I didn't put it back in the freezer because I knew they would find out and find it in there. Right. So I I was stupid at the time. I had been like ten or something. And I put the, I put the sherbet down by my Nintendo sixty four. Oh no! <laughs> and it got all over my cruise in the world. I mean, it smelled like rainbow sherbet for like the next like <laughs> week. Yeah. It got it got on my Nintendo sixty four. It almost didn't like work. Oh no! And then I figured it out, and I like dried it up, and I think there's still like remnants of like sherbet still on like. Like like it, the the um, cruise in the world is still a little sticky, but it still works. The Tesla Four still works too. So that's good. You know, I, I bet you if, if if I had like like spilled it on like my Xbox, I think it would die. Yes, no <laughs> doubt about it. And you know what killed our original N sixty four? This was two thousand four. We went out to a um, to see my dad, and there's a crazy ass lightning storm like huge 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 we ended up coming home and like there was a blackout or whatever or brownout I would try to turn on the Nintendo 64 thing was fried oh wow didn't work at all uh, heartbreaking heartbreaking so we ended up getting another one immediately fortunately at the time uh, GameStop still had them back in the day when GameStop had every console game not just the new systems, but you know that's what uh, that's what these local game shops are for. Like there's the one in the Wilton Mall, there's one out in Whitehall. Uh, you know, so go support your local game shop businesses, and they got something for everybody. I'm sure if there's something you're looking for, they probably have it. Uh, it might be a little more expensive than like a normal retail, but it's well worth it if you can find what you're looking for. Um, right. There's also plenty of like uh, small businesses online. Um, I bought a bunch of my Nintendo 64 games and accessories um, from like uh, like one of my places I go to, like Lucky Games online. Um, you have great deals on like classic consoles, classic games, and they're all good quality stuff. You can get a whole bunch of games for like thirty bucks, and like you know they're classic games. Right, and you can't find them other right. places. Like I, I, I bought Rogue Squadron on the on the site for like ten dollars. Wow, that's great, and it ships right to you. Right, it ships right to you. It's all packaged. Like sometimes, sometimes you can get the game with the case. Um, most of the time, it's just a cartridge by itself. But right. 
Um, it, it, all, the, all the games have been tested, so they all work. So not like you get a game that doesn't work at all. It's all reputable businesses. They all like have the games loaded. So very cool. Yeah, yeah. Check check these out, guys. You know, if if you're uh, big N64 fans, and you know you want to try a new game or there's something that you used to have and you sold it for some stupid reason, or whatever. Um, it's got to be out there. Um, you know, and that brings me to my number one game. Jimmy, do you do you know what my number one game is? I'm not sure, Greg. It's a professional wrestling game. Oh, let me guess. Is it uh, WWF SmackDown or whatever? No, that's not SmackDown. No. Uh, I can't think of the name. I know it's WWF. It's a wrestling game. I know oh, you yeah. love wrestling games. It's No Mercy. No Mercy? WWF No Mercy. It's the black cartridge with uh, the blue lettering. Uh, the Rock was on the cover of the uh, case. Um this one right here. Yeah, you have The Rock, Triple H, and I think that's Edge. I think I think my cousins had that game. I, I think they did. I think when they, when they, for some reason, I just, like, didn't have wrestling. I didn't care for much wrestling because it was, like, it was, like, the game that's, like, out of the ordinary. Like, you had Mario, you had GoldenEye, you had Smash Brothers, you had Zelda. Like, well, I don't know if I want to play that one. It just, the box cover just didn't, like, kind of sell me. Right. It just looked kind of like you, they photoshopped the rock onto something, even though Photoshop probably didn't exist at the time. It just looked a little, like, a little weird. Yeah. It definitely, like, I wasn't even into wrestling until I was, like, 12. So, by that point, I was kind of at the, like, I was already into PlayStation 2 and, you know, all that shit. Um... And we were only like a year or two away from the third generation consoles. Uh, but my buddy Jeff, uh, actually, he's the one who gave me No Mercy. Because by that point, it would have been 2006 or 2007. Um, and you really couldn't find any N64 games anywhere anymore. Uh, unless you went online, which we didn't have online at my house. So uh, I went to my buddy Jeff's and we were playing it. And you know, he, he had a lot of fun with it, but he was like, yeah, dude, if you want to, like, if you want, I think he had two copies of the game, <laughs> which was crazy. So I was like, uh, yeah, dude, if uh, if you don't want this game, I will take it off your hands, man. Uh, and I spent so much time because you could customize these characters and, you know, make wrestlers from other companies. Uh, and this game was made basically during the peak of professional wrestling, during the Attitude Era, where everybody was a star. You had The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, Mankind, um, all these people that really, really, like, they weren't just, oh, that's a guy on TV. Like, people, they were household names. People knew who these people were, even if you didn't really give a shit about wrestling. Like, you could recognize these characters. And um, the gameplay was so much fun. Like, even to this day, a lot of wrestling video gamers will point to this, and here comes the pain on the PlayStation 2, as the greatest wrestling games of all time. Um, I still play it. Like, I'll go to my parents, and I'll put it, I'll put an hour of time just into making a wrestling match, and, like, it's a lot of fun. Um, I always loved The Undertaker. He's, he's my favorite wrestler, so I would play as him a lot, but... Um, there was a lot you could do. The career mode was a lot of fun, and it was like a branching mode where if you won or you lost, it impacted where you were heading. And 
no no story ever like ended the same. So you could pretty much sink in hours and hours and hours into this game, and there was something new all the time. Um, and the roster was pretty big too. You had like sixty guys or something close to that. That uh, you know was a lot for the time, but. I just, yeah, I have a lot of fond memories playing No Mercy, and it's, I, I had the episode with Jeremy where we ranked our favorite video games of all time, and I'm pretty sure No Mercy came up pretty, uh, pretty high on my list. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make my top 15, which I'm surprised. Uh, Here Comes the Pain was, uh, was my number two, but... Um, no Mercy for Nintendo 64 games, it it does mean a lot to me. And, and it impacted uh, my, my later Nintendo years uh, rather than my earlier memories. But that's the game I think I had the most fun on. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy, uh, thank you for coming on. This was a two-hour episode. We got a lot out of this one. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, Nintendo 64 is like a big part of our lives. You know, yeah. that, that was that was that was gaming. Like after Nintendo 64, I mean, I had a PS1, but I didn't really play it that much. And it was that it was like a big part until I had a, I, I bought my first Xbox. Right. And then then I became a Microsoft supporter. I had an Xbox ever since. So. But, like, having a Nintendo 64, which is, you know, Nintendo's a different brand company. It was, like, the big, those are the big three, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft were the big three gaming companies. And Microsoft and Sony, well, Sony existed, but Microsoft didn't really have a gaming console. Right. Until it was it had, Sega. It was Sega. Um, but Sega didn't really sell that much. It wasn't really right. popular. So, you know, Nintendo kind of, like, well, they, they were, like, they were like the, they were the gaming business at the time, and then they kind of like became like third third string to Sony and Microsoft until they eventually got like, um, I mean they had the the GameCube, but I mean that was they had some games for that. The Wii was kind of weird because it was not really a, I mean it's a console, but the the joystick was not really a joystick. It's more for yeah. like being like fit and being active and trying to get people in shape and stuff like that like old people could play it and they right, would like right. have do Wii, an easy time like, it came with Wii Sports so you have Wii Bowling but it wasn't really like fun like, fun game and then like it, it, I think it, it, it started to come back when they got the Switch that that was the game that revolutionized gaming because you could play a handheld and then you could pop it into your uh, had like the device you could switch it so you can, then you can play on the big screen you could play you could play your Nintendo Switch game on the TV, which I was, that's like, wow. Right, you could take it with you or you can play it, yeah. That's something that uh, Microsoft and Sony didn't have. I mean, Sony had the PSP, but that's limited. You can't do both ways. It's only handheld. Right. Whereas, like, you know, Switch can do both ways, which that was, that that's kind of bringing Nintendo back to, hey, we can compete now with, Sony and Microsoft. Right. And they have great games. Right, they do. It's a fun system. Um, Brennan has what, you know, I remember my parents were like, what does Brennan want for Christmas? Because they wanted to do something really nice for him because, you know, he deserved it. They, like, we had all had really good Christmases and I felt like Brennan deserved a really, really good Christmas and I was like, you know what? I think more than anything else, 
I think he deserves a Nintendo Switch. So, you know, they were really happy that I gave him that suggestion. I got, and we, I made sure they gave him uh, Super Smash Brothers with it. And he's played the shit out of that Switch. Um, you know, it's given him a lot of a lot of fun time. And it's great because, you know, yeah, you can buy stuff on the Nintendo Store and you can just download it to your thing. You don't even need the disc-based, co- or the um, cartridge-based consoles. I mean, that's the best part of today is that you don't have to actually buy physical copies of games. You can just get it digitally, and I, I, it's a lot more convenient. Unfortunately, it, it hurts, like, uh, retail and big-box stores um, like GameStop and, like, Best Buy um, and any, like, other gaming-type stores but it's convenient because you don't have to actually drive to the store and like like before it's like midnight release was like important oh that was the shit man yeah if you didn't go there you were lame right if you, if you didn't go to a midnight release of a game like you like you go to GameStop at like like 11.30 at night the game release at midnight you're all standing you're pumped you get, the, you get your first copy of the game you go home and you play it now it's like you can actually preload the game like several days before it comes out and then when it comes out it's unlocked it's unlocked which is like wow yeah you 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 couldn't imagine doing that 25 years ago you'd have to like wait in line like it comes out that's the day it comes out you don't you can't wait for anything right no there's no pre anything um and you have to then you have to drive probably you know 20 15 20 minutes to get home if you're lucky for us it was an hour um and you know you have to wait and make sure nobody else is using TV. You got to make sure, I, uh, you know. Right. If you had like one of those games that took a while to like load up, like it was taking a while. Then you had to make sure your internet, your internet was connected because you it was an online game. Right. Especially if you got if you had Halo, you, know, you yeah. had you, like everyone's on at the same time. Right. Be like nobody use dial up. Nobody like stay the fuck off the internet. I'm playing Halo. Yeah. You know, but. Those are some great memories, too. I remember playing the original Halo, uh, Halo 2, Halo 3 uh, online with people and getting my ass kicked. But it's fun. And it was a cool new experience. Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. With Nintendo 64, I believe that I had my, my favorite, my best gaming memories on the Nintendo 64. Uh, it was my first console. So it was like, you know, my baby, basically. And, um a lot of family time was spent. You know, it wasn't just me playing video games by myself alone. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with my friends and my family. And, of course, playing alone was great too, but there were a lot of really good memories uh, that came from that game. I mean, like, I I, I still play the Nintendo 64. It's 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 still fun. I haven't, it hasn't lost its luster. It's, it's still, like, I, I would consider it's, like, one of my favorite consoles. I still play it. Um, I still I still have my original Xbox. I play that too, because um, you know sometimes you know the new consoles they get boring and you kind of get bored of the games. Whereas like you can go fire up the Nintendo sixty four or the uh, original Xbox and play games. They don't get you don't get tired of it. Yeah. That, that's the best part. Is like they the, the developers knew what they were doing when they made those games. That games are fun they made games fun and enjoyable and you can play it over and over again not getting tired that that was that was the idea and, and it makes a lot of sense and it brings you right back to right. that place when you were a kid right you know i five-year-old me and 28 year old me we both love these games the same and you know eventually when not we have kids or we don't have i don't know you know 
you can show them these games and and they'll still be playable you know and that's that's something that really durability is something that's hard to find nowadays um something that's long lasting that worth worth your time um and that's why you see so many companies, so many remasters, so many things going back to that nostalgic well. Being like, well, what made this so good? Why do people like this so much more than, you know, anything else? And it's that replayability factor. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I find it hard-pressed to find anybody who's like, no, nah, Nintendo 64 was dog shit. Like, I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about it. The people that would say that, they would say, like, oh, the Sega Dreamcast is the best console of all time. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Where is uh, where the crack I, I, I will see you in the parking lot, sir. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. they got to be on something if they're saying that. But, uh, Jimmy, I, I want to thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this episode, and this was one I wanted to get into for a long time. The Greg heads all know that. But, uh Thanks for coming on, and, uh, you know, I hope you had as good of a time as I like it. I had a great time, Greg. It's nice to talk about, you know, video games with somebody else that appreciates it, just like I do, and um, it was a lot of fun. Um, Maybe somewhere down the road we do another podcast, and we'll think of something to talk about. Hell yeah, man. I'm down for that, Um, and we'll figure it out. I I got a million different things I can go on, but, uh, Jimmy, before we uh, call it a day, is there anything you want to say to the Greg Heads? Uh, I want to say uh, um, thank you for listening to uh, me babble on about random things sometimes. Uh, uh, I appreciate you listening to what I had to say, and uh, I hope to see you again sometime soon. Uh, This is the Dragon signing off. Godspeed. All right, well, thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate it. We look forward to the next time. and thank you to all the Greg heads. You, know, you guys make this show what it is, and uh, we can't do it without you. So um, thanks for tuning in. We look forward to next week's uh, Seacrest Out.